It's a girl again, Artlin, and welcome to my podcast. Bang, bing. Bang, bing. Come on, this week's episode, we have an amazing person. He is a CEO. He has this vast knowledge about football. An amazing person who loves football. He's able to analyze so many things, and I had an amazing, interesting conversation with him. Meet my guest today. He is Jeffrey Itepo. Okay, my name is Jeffrey. Uh, Jeffrey Ike. Um, <laughs> I don't know if we were supposed to go uh, corporate. I'm privileged to be the um, CEO of Retinas Properties, a real estate okay. investment company uh, mm-hmm. in Lagos, Nigeria. Okay, that's nice having a CEO for the first time in my podcast. Never knew CEOs obviously watch football. That's really nice. More more yeah. than more than you can imagine. Okay, that's interesting. So now I have this question, right? There is always a misconception that guys are supposed to be attracted to football. What's your take on that? Okay, so uh I know that um misconceptions um um comes majorly from how the society has been stereotyped in terms of how okay. you think so okay. because you know um i i was um i was listening to the case of the u.s uh, female team winning the world cup and um, how the male team the male team in 20 was it 2014 or 2010 uh-huh. at the world cup when they go to the semi-finals i think they got about thirty-four thousand dollars uh, wow. each or something then or 34 million dollars to share however the uh, female team that won the competition uh, got uh, i think four million dollars mm-hmm. so uh, there's there's that um, general stereotypity uh, mm-hmm. amongst um, general viewers that oh since it's a contact sport it um it's it's supposed to be masculine so truth truthfully uh, the media also has shaped this narrative because uh when it comes to uh, male sports especially football you see so much of um, um limelight so much of sponsorship so much of um viewership also mm. but um, mm. when you when you are looking at female sports especially football it's actually new yes so i've never seen the barcelona female team play until aziza mm-hmm. joined barcelona and i was a little bit interested wow. so viewership is actually wow. new so because we have a large percentage of the fans uh, following mm-hmm. the male part so that misconception mm-hmm. continues to grow but i think in recent mm-hmm. times they've been with the um, very interesting um, spotlight of female footballers at the Ballon d'Or and what um, yeah. so I think there's a little bit of consciousness that is beginning to come and you know um, ladies are, are much more beginning to get much more recognized uh, um, and I know that there's a big, uh, I know the was it the US team or there's a country I can't remember the country mm-hmm. it's not the US uh that okay. there's a bill even in nigeria the mpfl the female uh version of the mpfl mm-hmm. i know that there are two states that um, they pay both the female and the male players um, the same salary wow. so uh, uh, i know uh, 
gradually popularity will come but i, I don't think in in a short period of time we'll be able to um clear out this misconception as to why uh, yeah, guys should be attracted to football so because if you mm. see a guy that is um and you ask that which club do you support that the guy is not able to say i don't watch football we just look at the guy as being weird um, <laughs> like lady, because generally uh, <laughs> it's a contact sport and you know it's just that general expectation that the ladies should play 10 and the guys should play football so i, I think it's just the how the society have framed us uh, and mm. let's see if we're able to get out of that frame so what game do you say you would never Never forget. Everybody has that game. So you what's that game? Never forget. Ah, there are mm. a lot of games. Uh. Wow. <laughs> a lot of games. I mean, what for <laughs> Not too long, but there are a lot of games I I, I not forget. Uh well, if I want to spotlight some of those games, I, I think um, I want to say um, the two thousand and nine. Mm-hmm. Um. 2011 Champions League final. I think um, there's a standout for me. Um, 20, okay. 2009 Manchester United got to the final back to back, and I had to play okay. Barcelona. And I can see play that Messi's goal in my head where his shoe <laughs> came off his legs, you know. And you know, but I think the second one, 2011, was more memorable for me because uh, okay. uh, Manchester United had a goal uh, back after. Uh, Pedro uh, Rodriguez okay. scored the first goal. Um, Rooney uh, scored the equalizer. Uh, okay. And you know, we, we thought that the game was going to be balanced, and you know, maybe United was going to take another Champions League. Uh, unfortunately, uh, Messi came again and scored, and David Villa scored the last goal. And you know, I think in club in club football, that's one of the games that you know. I will never, never, ever forget because okay. I just felt that uh, because I've done different things, you know. Mm. Um, I still watch um, uh, Ferguson's documentary and a lot, and you know, that's one of the games he even made reference to. And one of the mistakes that he, he says he made was that in that game he should have brought uh, GS Park, that Jason mm. Park, and you know, yeah, he would have uh, maybe uh, held Messi down. And probably might have had the shot at winning the competition. So. There are a lot mm. of games, but I think the Champions League final just stood out for me. Like, like I, I interviewed a whole lot of people, and basically I thought that that's one of their most interesting or engaging football um, that they've watched has to be the Champions League. That means the Champions League has, over time, made us have memories and so many memories. But let, let me move to the next question. This is a very personal question, Mr. Jeffrey. What football fan are you? Ah, it's already obvious now. <laughs> <laughs> okay, so I know uh, I support Manchester United. Okay. Supporting Manchester United, I think since 2004. So, okay. And because I was trying to beat Chelsea, so uh, <laughs> I support Manchester United. Although recently I've been a very passive supporter, but I think okay. the recent time I've watching the games again uh, that's interesting so any reason why you supported why you're supporting that club nothing or you just loved the jersey and the color 
for their so style first, of play. At first, uh, when Celeste Babayaro was in, in Chelsea, uh, you know, yes. that used to watch football. So uh, a lot of people like we're talking about uh, Chelsea because Chelsea was just like coming up as a them. So I okay. had Babayaro, had the um, um, Cloud Makalele, had a mm-hmm. few other guys that you know, John uh, Francisco Zola, and mm-hmm. you know, I I I I wanted personally to just rival rival them. You get so uh, the the only team that could rival there as a as a them was actually Manchester United. And, okay. And a lot Ferguson for is he, he looked advanced in age. He had that chip on his, his mouth all the time, and you know mm. he treated the boys like they were his children. So mm. I a lot of young guys in the team, you know. So I. I just loved, I loved Ferguson and, you know, basically, Ferguson was one of my my attracting factors to Manchester United. To Manchester United. Then, you know, uh, the the players also coming from the class of 1998. So, Mm. as in, the the players also did a lot for me, but but primarily was was Ferguson. Hmm. Ferguson and rivalry for you. Has to be that. <laughs> <laughs> so let's 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 say this now. Coming back to Africa, where do you see us grow? Like in our area of sports, what area do you think we see us grow? Sports generally. Yes. Yeah, football. Mm. No, specifically football. Where do you see us grow? Because presently, if you compare the Nigerian leagues to other other leagues in the world, there's nowhere to be found. And Nigeria, we came out of the of the Nations Cup that we thought we would have won, but we lost to Tunisia. So, where do you see us grow? Mm. That question a lot, and maybe I should first break uh, in the world. Uh, we are competing against some girl leagues. Uh, we know where to be found, but the NPFL is still better than a lot of other mm. leagues out there. So even though uh, it's extremely controversial, you know, it's in the MPFL that you know it's very very difficult for a team to lose uh, to lose a home game. So mm. if you are playing against uh, twenty teams in the league, I know that the teams have been reduced right now. But mm-hmm. playing against twenty teams in the league, and you have to play play thirty eight games, nineteen games at home, and nineteen games away, it's almost certain that you win nineteen games at home. And the team that wow. will win the league will most likely win like maybe three games away and maybe of like two or three mm. draws, then you are able mm. to win the league. So uh you, you one of the biggest challenges I guess that um, we have right here in uh, the Nigerian um, sports industry, especially football, is the active participation of government in it you know mm. most of the clubs are owned by state government and they are financed by state government except for a few clubs like emi fine bar um, okay FC then mm-hmm. i know um mfm is owned okay, by the yeah. church mm-hmm. so and most of most of all the other teams are financed founded and financed by by the state uh, government and you know anything about governments is not um, sustainable by a period of time and you know it's mm-hmm. they, they treat the football like a like um, a 
see your service um, responsibility mm. of organization much much more than a business that it should be so i know mm. that uh, a few years ago there were rumors as to um, maybe down to buying over a football club uh-huh. but, you know yeah it, it, commercial it doesn't really make commercial sense because viewership is low sponsorship is almost non-existent so oh. it, it's 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 quite difficult i think the only the only part when it comes to sport that we have like um something to really really have joy in is the super egos however not the super egos as a corporate union but the super egos okay. as individuals in maybe mm-hmm. clubs outside of uh, um, outside outside not playing outside the shores of africa Mm. so they are playing in um, their clubs like i was watching Mm -hmm. rangers and i saw joel aribo and i saw what he he Mm -hmm. did and i was surprised Mm -hmm. that this is the joel that i watched during the nations Mm -hmm. cup even though i knew that there were a lot of challenges with the nations cup team but because Mm -hmm. we were fancying the first two games people did not really take me serious that if we find a very disciplined team that we're going to lose and that's what that's that's what happened so it's difficult um where i see uh uh all screwing i think if we can be able to crack the business side of sport especially football mm. uh mm. we might have a shot at doing well and you know just stop all this and um, politics you see in the news uh, yeah and and nff and there was one time that there was fracas within the nfl you see uh, amadou pinik all these I'm guys like pinic, just yeah. just, mm-hmm. just as in it's always it's, it's just like you are looking at pdp and apc like competing <laughs> against each other so it's more of mm-hmm. politics right now more than at, actually a franchise i think before mm-hmm. we start seeing um um nigerian football grow is if focus a little bit of focus especially and support from the private sector and government mm-hmm. entirely answering off of teams probably sell the shares of the teams to to um, people of the state or people generally so you can be able to buy so the like roman abramovich recently stepped down i i have not yeah. confirmed the news okay so as, uh, wow uh, yeah as um, you know chelsea yeah and allowed the fans so it's like the fans association that now run the club you know so we can be able to vote chairman like what we have um, in some other clubs so i think if um, government can like push out shares of each of these um, clubs before that we should be able to um push out like um uh ownership like make the make the league a little bit interesting like do like mm-hmm. a lot of investment in one season wonder in the league mm-hmm. and you know people are like wow nigeria league can be like this like bringing ex players like retired players. just imagine bringing jj Ukocha to maybe mm-hmm. uh, rangers international or bringing like some of these our top guys like from retirement and bringing them to the MPFL for like a season using that like a marketing strategy, then all the clubs begin to sell shares and government maybe own 20% controlling sh- um, shares of each of the mm-hmm. club. And the clubs are being funded by private citizens. I, I think maybe there we can begin to see 
a level of competitiveness and like growth in the in the national team because it's difficult right now you can't really find npfl players in the super eagles and they, they are not strong enough product to be exported outside of outside of Nigeria. so it's actually a very very big challenge so i feel personally that if the private uh, sector comes in we look at uh, the sport franchise as a business entity much more than the civil service uh -huh. great stuff there mr jeffrey when a ceo a salesperson comes into football <laughs> then it's explosive <laughs> it's really explosive so 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 let, let me dive into the next question i have now i i kind of kind of like asking this question well um which african ex baller would you love to see play a game mm, ex baller african Ex-footballer. I think probably Didier Drogba. Why? Uh, yeah, so at, at the top stage, I know mm. when a lot of players come into my head, somewhere to feel mm -hmm. the... Uh, um, there's there's Abu Terika, there's Okocha, there's... A whole lot of players, but mm -hmm. I think for me it will be Didier Drogba, and the reason wow. why is because he played in different leagues. So he played in um, in the French league. I know he played with Marseille for a few seasons before coming to Chelsea, you know, and he held his own in those two those two um, leagues and became one of the best strikers in the world playing in chelsea so and you know his strong strength of character his power his technique is just something that you know might be hard for us to see in under african player in a long time so and he did he did it at a big stage the champions league final he brought the team back in 2013 it is that like the death of the of the match and you know it was super so and <laughs> I think if I want to bring back a player, it might be just the Zoba. So before I let you go, I would like to ask you this question. So it's the period of love, life and football. This is the season of love, life and football. Um, could you use love, life and football in a sentence? In one sentence? Yes, just one. Okay. Let me see. Your love life is incomplete without football. Eh? Eh? Mr. Jeffrey, <laughs> what did you say there? <laughs> what did you say there? I said your whole life is incomplete without football. <laughs> Thank you very much. <laughs> well, interestingly, well, we have some people say several things. It's interesting. Your love life is incomplete without football. Okay. So it's nice having you, Mr. Jeffrey, my podcast. I'm really grateful we could do this podcast together thank you very much sir you are yeah. welcome yeah bye sir yeah take care do have a lovely day yeah. you too and that is all our package for today till we meet again next time make sure you do everything in your power to grow right bye see you in my next episode thank you